Hello everyone, I'm Art Tomasetti and this is the September Flight Test Safety Podcast. Well, happy September to everyone, and let me ask you a question. Do you remember the 21st day of September? Well, let's jump right into our look back in aviation history to the 21st of September, 1964. On that day, the XB-70, maybe one of the coolest looking airplanes ever built, made its first flight from Air Force Plant 42 to Edwards Air Force Base in California. But September also has another historic aviation event that fits a little bit better with our current focus on high visibility and risk. In September 1908, Orville Wright brought his Wright Flyer to Fort Myer, Virginia to demonstrate it to the U.S. Army Signal Corps. A crowd of approximately 2,500 spectators had gathered to watch the flight. Lieutenant Thomas Selfridge, Signal Corps, United States Army, wanted to ride along with Wright and asked to go first. Now, Lieutenant George Sweet from the U.S. Navy was scheduled for the first flight, but he and Wright agreed to let Selfridge go. The two men aboard the Wright Flyer made four circuits of the field, approximately 150 feet above the ground, before the starboard propeller broke and struck the wire supporting the rudder. As the rudder rotated sideways, it caused the airplane to pitch nose down. The Wright Flyer struck the ground. Both men survived the crash, but Lieutenant Selfridge later succumbed to his injuries. This would be the first fatal accident involving an airplane. Last month, we began a discussion with Rich Lee on risk and high visibility events. In that episode, we learned about some of the preparation and considerations that went into planning an event during Super Bowl 30, where he flew a helicopter into the stadium to pick up Diana Ross as the grand finale to the halftime show. We will pick up the interview with Rich this month, describing some of the surprises that came despite the extensive planning that took place. Yeah, so talk to me about some of the surprises. With all that planning and all the experts you had to you know, use to help out, what surprised you on the actual day? Well, I'll start with the easiest ones first and then the one that sort of calls the whole thing to fall apart. As we descended uh, on the actual day into the stadium, I was surprised by all the lights that were going on. Uh, there were camera flashes and people re- recording things. There were just pinpoints of light going everywhere, and it's all around you. You're, you're, there are people 360 degrees around you, and the lights were fairly intense, and it was like being, I describe it as like being on the inside of a diamond. I hadn't considered that possibility uh, in all of our planning, nor did I consider it would be distracting. The second thing that we hadn't planned for were giant jumbotrons. Um, that were showing video, real-time live video of me landing in the (laughs) stadium. Uh, And these things are huge. And there was one on my left and one on my right. One of the big concerns was landing very precisely at at a point uh, on our designated landing area. And that's not an easy thing to do repetitively. Uh, with all the distractions and everything that's going on. And so I had key points during my descent that would check my uh, speed approaching the pad and my descent rate and my angle. And those cues were overwhelmed by this giant video where I could see the helicopter. I could see me inside the helicopter, and I could see uh, the landing part I was going to. And for a second, I thought, well, should I use the video to pinpoint landing or? <laughs> Or do what finally I just said, let's, let's go with what we practiced and just made the landing. But that was an unexpected distraction. 
So as you pointed out, you know, even with all the planning and all the work you did in prep, still some things that surprise you would otherwise have been just an, you know, a normal vertical landing in a helicopter that you had done many, many times before. But now the environment that you're being asked to do and the way you're being asked to do it introduces different kinds of risks. So I got to ask, you know, as this is 25 years ago, that this event took place and times change, risk acceptance, risk tolerance, cultures change. You got it approved back then. Do you think something like that would be approved and take place today? You know, my initial response is, is, is that I think it would be difficult to get this approved today. But then we're living in a time where our understanding of risk is, is changing. And, and if you look at what's happening in, in space, the various wealthy individuals who have their own companies who aren't following the rules and they're not following standard protocols for risk management. They're, in fact, they're planning flights where there's an expectation that some things will fail up until they get to a certain point in, in their development. I think if we repeat 
So a significant event, an amazing sort of achievement, planning to make it happen from this. And, and, and you and I could talk for hours about a lot of the things that you did, but trying to keep in the constraints of our podcast time. Focusing on this event and sort of the notion that high visibility events probably bring um, their own risk, some unique risks with them. What would you offer to the flight test community who has to deal with those kinds of things, who has to deal with high visibility events like demos and air shows and, and that sort of thing that take place fairly routinely? What words of wisdom would you pass on from things you learned from this particular event? I think whether you have a uh, well-funded test program or, or one that um, you're, you're just you've just got enough money to, to do the bare minimum, whether you have a small company or a big comp- company, I think what you need to do is be realistic about the risk. Um, seek the advice of, of others. And you can do that through our society, for instance, or through engineering societies, but you don't have to have an in-house risk management capability. You can look outside of your company and get a lot of assistance. There's been a lot written on it. I, I would say never agree to a flight you're not prepared to make. When I look back on my career, the only times when when I would get in trouble would be where I agreed to make a flight I wasn't fully prepared for, fully trained for, was distracted by something else. Um, you really need to focus on the flight you're about to make and practice and prepare. You know, with conscious mind and unconscious mind limitation, things that you're practicing, you can, you can do on a subconscious level, but anything that is outside of what you practice, you have to use your conscious mind for. When you use conscious mind, you have to task share. Uh, and just that little time as you're switching tasks in your, in your brain um, causes a, a small delay, and you get further and further and further behind uh, as problems mount. So if you can reduce anything unexpected in a, in a flight by really good pre-planning, your possibility of success increases. I think once you get behind an aircraft, you have phenomenal risk. Anything you can do to, to avoid that is money in the bank. All that sounds you know so obvious, but it, it is absolutely profound. So thanks for sharing that. Any last thoughts? I'll, I'll give you sort of the mic for the, the last few minutes here. Any last messages you'd like to pass on? <laughs> I think I would understand my objectives, understand the elements of, of what the test is, uh, plan for alternatives, and be prepared for an abort uh, at any time. And don't don't ever feel like you have to do something, even if it costs you a job. I've actually lost jobs for standing my ground. And it's always worked out in my favor. You, you think that would look bad on a resume, but it really doesn't. Uh, it always ended up with me getting a better job. Once again, Rich, thanks so much. It was great sharing a few minutes with you on the podcast today, and I appreciate you taking the time out to talk to our listeners and to talk to me. Absolute pleasure, Turbo. Thank you for inviting me. I hope you enjoyed that. I wanted to find a good high visibility event to showcase for this discussion topic, and I think this one definitely fit the bill. And it actually kind of created a first for our podcast because we received a lot of listener feedback. So much so that I think 
Next month, we are going to feature some of that feedback. When we got questions for Rich, we've got listeners' thoughts on risk and high visibility events, and we even got some personal experience with these events. So next month, we are going to feature some of that feedback in our podcast, and you'll get to hear what other listeners had to say. Have you seen this month's flight test safety fact? If not, you are missing out, because just like next month's podcast, this month's newsletter is all about audience feedback with articles coming direct from reader submissions on a previous topic we did, which was luck versus skill. Check it out on our website at www.flighttestsafety.org. So here's some of the latest information we have on upcoming events. The European Flight Test Safety Workshop unfortunately was canceled due to ongoing travel restrictions related to COVID. The Society of Flight Test Engineers Annual Symposium will be held in St. Louis 10 through 15 October, and the Society of Experimental Test Pilots Annual Symposium and Banquet will be held 27 through 30 October in Anaheim, California. Information for all of those events can be found on the organization's websites, and I encourage you to check frequently because things are still pretty dynamic. Well, that's it for this month. Thank you for listening. Remember to join us next month where we will showcase some listener feedback on the topic of high visibility events and risk. Hey, and maybe it will inspire you to provide some feedback for a future podcast or newsletter. Start a discussion. Ask a question. You never know. You could be the star of a future flight test safety podcast. So make the rest of your September memorable. And until we meet again next month, be safe, be smart, and be ready. The Flight Test Safety Podcast is sponsored by Time to Climb Training and Consulting. Motivate your team to succeed, accelerate towards your goals, and elevate to a higher level of performance. On the web at www.time2climb.com.